0: Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and we've got a friend of the podcast back on the show today. It's Austin Smith, CEO of Mission Control. Austin was previously on this show in March discussing ways gaming provides socialization during the pandemic. And now he's back to talk about an awesome new initiative Mission Control is helping with. It's been a crazy last few months, eh, Austin?
1: Yeah, it's been quite... Quite the, quite the life the last couple of months.
0: So I've got the rundown on this event. I'll do a cursory overlook, uh, overlook on what's going on, but then I want to toss it over to you uh, so you can fill in our listeners. Basically, Mission Control is partnering with Special Olympics groups in Oregon and New York uh, to create a uh, facility community amongst esports athletes competing with the video game Rocket League. And you know I love Rocket League. I'm from Oregon, and I love the Special Olympics. My mom was actually involved with the organization for a long time while growing up. So this hits a lot of touchstones for me. I'm excited to learn more about what Mission Control is doing to bring esports over to the Special Olympics. Is this the first time we've seen crossover between the digital gaming world and uh, the Special Olympics?
1: You know what? I'm, I'm not sure if it's the first time, but it's certainly... Uh, a great focus between the Special Olympics and uh, using uh, esports as a complete social and recreational tool um, that promotes inclusion and connection, rather than you know competition or winning a comp- uh, winning you know cash at the end of a competition. The whole point is that it's social. Uh, it focuses on the inclusion of people in a community and connection within a community. And what a better group than the Special Olympics in New York and Oregon.
0: Absolutely. Mission Control does that normally for rec leagues and uh, amateur esports events, focusing on that connection and that community that comes with gaming that's often lost as we try and claw our way up ranked ladders or we compete in amateur tournaments. So focusing on, you know, the interpersonal competition, the same thing that kids get from sports growing up where it's not always about winning, although you can't tell the kids that. And they're really focused on teamwork, team play, and you know learning those lessons that come with sports. now transitioning that over to eSports. It's a pretty awesome mission. Why did Mission Control make sense uh, for this partnership?
1: Well, when you think about it, I mean you reference it yourself is that that youth sports often has a lot to do with team building, character building um, and experience for for young people and um, especially for individuals who are not able, they might not, you know, participating in youth sports might not be possible. Um, and at least with, in the in the sense that most Americans or most people uh, are able to. And. When you are able to take down those boundaries, when you're able to take ability um, out, out of the equation to a degree and say, hey, why don't we play a similar experience, recreational, um, you know, somewhat competitive, somewhat social, something that's focused on team building and communication and fun. Um, and make it that much more accessible. Well, video games allow for that. And, you know, a platform like Mission Control, we we just simply set up the structure for co- recreational video gaming. Um, and that made it the perfect fit for Special Olympics to partner uh, to partner with the Special Olympics and uh, bring it to, to their community.
0: Absolutely. It's an awesome thing to see because the Special Olympics are just so incredibly important. So for people who aren't totally familiar with the history of the Special Olympics, it is really one of the most powerful moments in sports. It started as a backyard summer camp for kids with intellectual disabilities in the 50s and 60s, and it's gone worldwide basically, but it's still being held up by community leaders, like in this case, New York and Oregon. Uh, The first Special Olympic Games were held in 1968, and they've only gotten bigger. Now with the coronavirus making physical events impossible, Mission Control is helping the games create competitions for the athletes, and especially for the New York chapter, which is the largest chapter in the U.S. with 67,000 athletes competing in NY Special Olympics events. That's a really staggering number. How is Mission Control working with such a large group of kids, making sure that the initiatives are built out for everybody who wants to join?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first off, the it's really exciting to have uh, a group like Special Olympics of New York, Oregon as well, but New York being as big as they are, get excited about playing Games and video games, esports, um, with with their community. Um, our platform, on the other hand, it's it's built to scale. Organizations can they create a page, just kind of like a Facebook page that is Special Olympics New York, and then they push it out to their community. Um, whoever wants can then join to that organization, and then those they have you know an unlimited amount of leagues that they can create for um, the people in in their community. And for us, I mean, it's it's just. Um, you know, organizing and using the platform that we built to handle this level of scale. So it's bends to what they need. It allows them to play the games that they want. Uh, it allows them to, uh, you know, play the amount that they want. Um, it's just, you know, a structure. We just connect the dots. And, you know, if there's a lot more dots, that's, ho- that's OK. We can still connect them. That's, uh, that's what our uh, system's built for. And I'm really excited to uh, see how Special Olympics continues to use it. Yes, with Rocket League right now, but, you know, as, as they expand it into the future.
0: Definitely. And I want to talk about some of those expansion things and accessibility in esports as a whole. Uh, but for right now, is there a lot of demand in the Special Olympics communities among Special, special Olympics athletes uh, for increased competition across esports events and in Rocket League specifically? I think
1: what we've seen especially is, is that there's a lot of curiosity around recreational gaming. And and people, especially Oregon and New York, uh, those chapters are really excited about putting the next foot forward and looking into, hey, maybe this is the next layer of community, especially in a community where we can't gather physically very easily um, and where we need to be aware of the ability of the, uh, the community members. And while I think esports and gaming is really exciting to a lot of people, and while esports and gaming... Um, is a passion for a lot of uh, community members in, you know, around the world and within Special Olympics. But I think what people are most excited about is just the simple idea of being able to connect, connect easily and have a great purpose to connect. You know, you can only get on so many Zoom meetings over the last couple of weeks or months um, and and have like a, you know, a thoroughly engaging and exciting time. Um, and my point in that is that We are all looking for social experiences. We're all looking to be included in our communities and connect with others in our communities. And gaming is a great medium for that. So, being more, my point is that more so than being excited about Rocket League and esports, which everybody is, and that's what's a big piece of this, is that people are excited to connect with each other and people are excited to create personal relationships. And it just so happens to be over esports and gaming. And that's why um, the Special Olympics and us are both excited about uh, using rec esports as the medium um, for for this uh, for this project, for this experience.
0: It's a great initiative. And that was a lot of what we talked about on the previous podcast. So I'll be sure to link that one uh, below as we talk about socialization and interconnectivity of video games and really how these games are much more important uh, than we might even realize in our daily lives as we, like last night, I was up till midnight playing Rocket League with two of my friends from high school who I haven't seen in person four years. And the reason we got together was Rocket League, but ultimately it was just great catching up with them. And the socialization that gaming provides is very unique in the world of Zoom calls and distance relationships, seeing people on social media through Instagram posts or tweets is not the most connected way you can be to other people. And gaming really provides that casual hangout like atmosphere that we all need and we're used to and now bringing it to the special olympics to these communities that thrive on interconnection and bringing uh kids who have different disabilities together and showing them hey and empowering them giving them opportunities to compete and meet each other and have fun and develop friendships that's what the special olympics is all about and gaming naturally provides that
1: yeah, exactly. I think um, gaming and the socialization of gaming is actually, you know, something that we're seeing in its infant form, you know, now and have in its infant form in the past couple of years. But I only think it will get more social. And I mean that in that, like, for the Special Olympics, specifically, you can see them starting to, you know, use it, you know, especially during the, the state of the world we're at now, where, you know, you can't get together physically, well, now it is becoming a, um, a digital Forum For people within the Special Olympics community. But if you look at other things in the industry, you can start to see how the socialization of gaming um, is, you know, advancing in leaps and bounds. And it also is showing to us the future of perhaps all these digital communities. in in gaming. And I, I couldn't be more excited because of the ability to connect and include people within the advancement of the socialization of gaming. And what I mean by that is you look at things at Fortnite. Fortnite's a great example they're leading the way. And the reason is because they keep on doing amazing experiential events within their digital platform. The Marshmallow concert, the Travis Scott concert, other items like that where it's the, the the taking of something that's real life and placing it into their game at a single point in time and millions of people joining that real life experience within a digital realm all at the same time, that's an incredibly social event. And I think that... You know, whether that at the big scale for Fortnite or, you know, smaller things, um, the small scale for other small organizations like Special Olympics and other organizations that we work with, that's going to be the future of, uh, of gaming and the future of the socialization of gaming, perhaps the future of uh, social experiences overall as well.
0: For sure, yeah, the Battle Royale is such an interesting new genre that created and took off because of the socialization it provides, the squads, the downtime that naturally comes at a game as you loot, as you make jokes with your friends. It's different than a lot of video games that used to exist, which were purely focused on competition, uh, be it a sports sim, be it a Call of Duty, where it was a lot more run and gun and Battle Royale slowed things down a little bit and became massively popular, both on streaming platforms and within friend groups as a place to hang out with your friends uh, so it's an interesting look at how games are evolving to match these socialization standards that we're expecting out of them.
1: Yeah, I think you're dead dead right on that. I think um, the battle royale games and natural downtime, especially, adds to a lot of adds to a lot of just natural elements of spending time with others and talking with others and that's also what we try to buy off of with with our rec model you know going back to what mission control does we're b2b SaaS platform for rec league esports and to to the player um we just help them you know join a league where they can you know a rec league where they're playing the same game you know every tuesday night at seven o'clock or something like that and um the reason for that is every you know Tuesday seven o'clock they're playing a new friend or a new community member in the you know Rocket League for example they could be by themselves or playing on a team and this causes the same thing that you were talking about in Battle Royale there's just natural downtime there's natural experience there's planned experiences around socialization um, whether that's you know on either side of their actual planned game whether it's you know talking in the league chat during the week so that they can you know make connections with new people or connect with their opponent or their team members and say, hey, let's practice for a bit. It gives a little bit of a purpose to playing games. Not that people need a purpose, but that that purpose kind of shines through like, hey, maybe this is something that's more than just you winning this league. You know, let's try and win this league. But hey, I really like hanging out and spending time with you. And this gives me an excuse to do that.
0: Definitely. that's ultimately why we keep coming back to video games. We may say we want to rank up, we want to get better, but we come back to it for the socialization, the camaraderie that comes with video games. you know I, I think we've all given up on our hopes of becoming professional gamers at least I personally have. I had to reconcile with that and now I go back to just to just enjoy playing, have fun with the uh, have fun with my friends and that's what most gamers are doing day in and day out.
1: You know, I would say that it's okay too to not aspire to be a professional gamer or the people who would never aspire to be a professional gamer to like, it's okay for them to be excited about Rec League gaming too. I don't think people have to aspire to be professionals to to be someone who really enjoys gaming and is just someone who wants to play casually uh, more often than that. Um, and I think that's a big connection for me because that's, that's, I've always been a casual gamer. I don't, you know, sit down and play. Uh, you know, games by myself very often. I'm playing with my brother, with uh, my friends as a as a way to spend time with them, um, and not to focus on the the, the professional circuit. And I think that's totally okay. And a lot of people kind of um can feel that experience as well.
0: That's definitely why I like a lot of the companies like Mission Control, like some of the collegiate esports programs, uh, like some other new companies like Rally Cry that have launched recently, where it they provide these interpersonal. Competitions for mission control—it's rec leagues. For rally cry—it's corporate leagues. Uh, For colleges—it's collegiate leagues. And they—they boiled down gaming competition into more community-driven events, where you're competing against the people across town from you, or your friends uh, at a different school, or something like that. Where it's not this constant grind of a ranked ladder. Slowly getting up one one more rank, one more rank, one more rank with no real end in sight, you just sort of rank up until you you cap out and you quit playing the game and these competitions between people give a more natural way to experience gaming and a more fair way of experiencing as you play against other people and in my opinion, it's a more powerful way of of competing in these games it's a it's more natural for a gamer to play against somebody who's uh, a rival in some way, but it's a friendly rivalry. That's what sports has always been built off of. And it makes sense to to increase that and bring it to gaming as well. Exactly. But with that being said, I do feel like there are some strides that could still be made when it comes to improving accessibility in gaming, especially from a publisher's side. And I'm curious for your thoughts as you partner with the Special Olympics, accessibility is, you know, one of their the tent poles of that of that uh organization and does so much good work and improving stuff like that you know helping with ada compliance and and things like that the special olympics has always been tied with increasing accessibility throughout us as a society what does gaming need to do are there some things that need to improve to to bring this accessibility about to every person so every person can experience these games in the best way possible
1: I have to give credit to the Special Olympics because they've really, you know, opened my eyes, opened our eyes as a company uh, a little bit more as as well to the needs of different communities and the needs of people that we're trying to serve. You know, whether, you know, it's the Special Olympics directly or an entire, you know, in an, an, an entire, you know individual within a larger organization that doesn't necessarily directly identify with uh, special uh, needs or disabilities. And I think that has highlighted to us the ability we need to, as a member of the gaming community, uh, need to be able to serve all of these individuals. And whether that is on the console side where it's creating accessible controls and controllers, I Xbox is a fantastic example of their accessible controllers there, um, or if it's on the uh, game and platform side, where you have you know publishers that need to make sure that all of their games can be read properly, or if not read, they can be spoken aloud when there are um, reading parts, or if you know there's. Uh, certain colors that you know are hard for colorblind individuals to see to make sure to show alternative ways to you know show the colors so that thing, the game can have that experience a lot of these things are small tweaks that um can make a big difference and there's tons of big things that can you know added to and very necessary items but the the toughest part is to have the small tweaks and forget to do the small tweaks and leave out a large portion of a community. And the Special Olympics has done a great job of championing that with just our relationship. Um, But I think even further, they'll be a leader in the gaming space. They'll be a leader in the space like they always have been and reminding people and championing for the accessibility of gaming, um, the publisher side, the gaming side, the console side, the controller side, and more.
0: Definitely. There are some, you know, really big picture things like controller ergonomics or, or stuff like that. But you mentioned these small fixes, like added different color toggles, uh, just really small things that publishers could start including in games. And it helps to have an organization like the Special Olympics lobbying these publishers being like, hey, we need this specifically for these people. And that's what the Special Olympics has always done so well. And I'm excited to have them in gaming because I think they really are a positive force for for good uh, and for good change across the world. And that'll happen in gaming as well as they come to publishers and they're like, hey, we need this or you could, you could try and do this. Publishers will listen to them, I do believe. And so it's great to see Special Olympics and Mission Control helping forward these initiatives more so and providing a voice to all these people who want to play video games but might struggle for this reason or that reason that we don't even uh, properly understand, but Special Olympics does, and they can champion those uh, changes.
1: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And I think, um, you know, one of the the things that's just, you know, r- the more interesting ideas I've sent, seen out there recently, and if I'm not mistaken, some groups are starting to to work on this or have, you know, released it. I, I'm not really sure where the status of it is, but the idea of co-pilot mode, the idea of having Two controllers able to um, able to control a single game or individual. So you could have one person who is mainly having that experience, and another person who can jump in and guide with an entire uh, second controller at the same time. Just because a lot of time, like when you're riding about, you're learning to ride a bike. Any individual is learning to ride a bike. You have. Um, someone there who's guiding you along the way can kind of be the bumpers for you. When you're bowling, you have the bumpers up on either side and you have somebody who can guide that down that lane. And I feel like in gaming, you just hand somebody a controller, you just tell them press triangle a whole bunch of times and figure it out. And if you ever have to take the controller away, Uh, to do something for them that's a really defeating experience. And I feel like the idea of this co-pilot mode that I've seen around is that, hey, how about provide those bumpers and make sure that somebody feels like they're in control, they're learning, they're having this great experience, but they can also have somebody who can help them achieve the, um, you know, guide them along the way and maybe have the fun that everybody else gets to have in video games too.
0: That's a fantastic idea. It's, you know, as people who played games our entire lives controllers have always felt very natural to us but it's important to remember that it's not true for everyone and the if you just pick up a controller for the first time or you haven't played a lot of video games it's a pretty confusing thing you're staring at you don't know where the buttons are you don't know how exactly they control it and when everybody else is moving at 60 miles per hour and you're still trying to figure out how to turn your car like in rocket league it can be pretty difficult. And Rocket League especially is a game that doesn't really hold your hand as it starts you into the game. And so it'd be great to see publishers acknowledge that and add in some more features like that two-person mode, like a co-pilot mode for these special types of initiatives just to help bring people into the game and show, hey, you know what? We realize that not everybody is a lifelong gamer or has the same advantages that everybody else has. So we'll create some ways to make it better. That co-pilot mode is really interesting. It's the first time I've heard of it. Uh, but I'm glad there's a push for something like that uh, to help improve the video games that we love and bring them to everybody.
1: Yeah, a- agreed, agreed. And I, I should follow this up with I I I you know, slightly, you know, read on the topic and and I you know, we're obviously partnering with Special Olympics who has helped inform me of a lot of these things and my team of a lot of these items that are just Good accessibility pieces for their community and for you know the larger community at at, at, as a whole, Um, but also there's a lot of people beyond you know my thoughts that um, a lot of experts in the space who could give a lot more detail on the the things that we should be championing as a gaming community for more accessibility, Um, and I think Special Olympics can be a leader there, but there's definitely people who. Uh, there's definitely experts out there, more expert than I am, um, to, to talk about accessibility in gaming.
0: Certainly. I'll have to go bring on uh, somebody else, too. Somebody who's doing some research, uh, talking about some of these different ways we can improve games for accessibility. Back to the uh, mission and the event upcoming. Rocket League is such a great esport because it has that innate understandability which is why it was chosen for the Intel World Open ahead of the Tokyo Olympic Games, uh, which were unfortunately postponed. But why was it the right choice for this one? In comparison to other esports, looking at maybe some sports sims, some FIFA, uh, why did Rocket League make the most sense for what you wanted to accomplish at this event?
1: I think Rocket League is a phenomenal game, and it's a, cu- a couple of reasons. And I think one, beyond just being a simulation game, you have all the sports simulation games, and, and those are exciting and nice, but they're they're focused to the fans of that sport, and sports themselves still have tons of complicated rules, um, you know, trying to play hockey for the first time without understanding what icing is, and you just keep on throwing the puck all the way down the rink, and then the play it keeps on stopping. You have no idea what's going on. Um sports are difficult and those simulation games um i think add a lot of complexity unless you're a fan of that specific sport and for that reason i feel like finding something that has less complexity and therefore is easy for anybody to pick up and start playing regardless of ability just you know out of excitement and then two The fantastic part about gaming is the imagination of and excitement of things that can't necessarily exist or can't necessarily happen, but can within a world of gaming, add so much fun and flavor to an experience. And anybody can go outside and go play soccer on the idea of like, this is this is something that you can go experience. And that's something that people around the world play. But Going out to play, you know, car based soccer where you can drive on the ceiling and have rocket powered boost and flip in the middle of the air, like that's not something anybody can do except for in the world of gaming and except for this world of imagination and creativity. And that adds a lot of excitement. So why don't we take the simplicity of Rocket League and the imagination of gaming and excitement and something that takes away the simulation piece and put it together. Rocket League becomes such an obvious choice when it's like, let's find something simple to understand, something familiar and that it's soccer, uh, but also super fun and unique and that it's, cars flying around through the air and, and and playing soccer um yeah so i think and then beyond that ragged league is just a great
0: game well you're never gonna find an argument for me on that point i, I love the game and <laughs> i agree it's like the one game and i'm surprised that more games haven't fallen into this genre that is both simultaneously rooted in reality you're driving a car that feels like driving a car now most cars can't fly and boost to the ceiling but it does drive about the same way as a as a normal car would psionics is experts in vehicle physics that's where they their studio specialized in prior to creating rocket league and at the same time though it's this something that you could never accomplish so it's true and accessible it's like oh you drive a car you play soccer soccer with cars that's about it but at the same time, it's also something that you could never, ever hope to achieve. And I'm surprised that more games haven't filled into this niche of uh, games that are like sports, like the traditional sports we all know and appreciate, but not and different in some way. And we've seen a couple like Roller Champions is one example of a game that's trying to do that. But really, Rocket League's the only one in this genre that's ever taken off. And I, it makes it such a great fit for these different crossovers that are mainstream enough that people can understand it like the intel world open like college events like mission control uh where it makes sense for parents who don't understand video games. like okay this makes sense it's not violent it's not down the the barrel of a gun like a lot of first-person shooters and so it's just this unique game that makes sense for so many different communities Uh, and i love it for that
1: yeah i think it's it's I I agree to that that idea like I'm surprised more games haven't gone down or publishers haven't gone down that road but I also have to acknowledge that it's very difficult to simplify something to the level that Rocket League was able to simplify and use you know something you know as familiar as soccer is to the world and simplify it to you know rocket powered car soccer um, where it's just doing the same thing with cars you don't have to have a switch you can switch your view but that's the only thing you have to worry about the rest is just run into the ball um I don't know how many other things can be simplified that well. um it's it's just uh they, they struck something good and and I'm excited for for them to continue building the rocket league community especially under the umbrella of, of epic as well
0: of course yeah the the epic influx of cash is Going to help them build out the scene a little bit more. Rocket League is really just such an incredible game because they've hardly ever patched it. They've add added in random stuff here and there. But generally the game's the same game as it was on release. The the cars that you started with then are still the cars that most pros use. And just last week we saw pros create a new flip that had never been seen before and is being used already in streams and in high level competitions it's five years after release and this is something that somebody always could have done with the car in the game and it's not even that complicated uh, but just now as somebody figured it out and our pros starting to use it it's just a, a testament to the skill ceiling of this game on release and the fact that five years later we're still not we still haven't reached the absolute level of skill that the game could require and it's all contained in this one arena doesn't need new maps doesn't need new champions doesn't have an evolving meta it's just soccer with cars and five years later we're still innovating and creating new ways to play the game which is truly remarkable very few esports can say that it's like super smash bros melee and CS:GO. that's about it
1: Massive playability. And beyond that, it, it has massive adoption and ease of adoption, which is why Special Olympics and us as well chose to make that the game we focus on this summer. And, and um, I'm really excited to see the results and the, beyond the results, I mean, the, the experiences and the, 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 the comments from the community members that will be playing with us uh, as well.
0: Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about this summer? How What's the structure of the event? When do, when do things start? Can people watch some of the events or is it all just uh, purely for the community, the, the kids playing the games, the, the athletes playing the games with each other? Uh, just, just get into the, the nitty gritty a little bit and where people can follow this. Uh, I can see some of the stories that come out of the, the awesome events you guys are planning.
1: Sure, sure. So, I mean, we we built this just like all of our other leagues and what we do for mission control overall. And that is, you know, we create a couple week leagues um, where everybody is scheduled to play one game a week, just like you might for any other, you know, s- sport that you're playing in the spring or the fall and uh, traditional sports. And what you do is, you know, it's like, Every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, um, you'll have a game and you play that. And then at the end of the, you know, eight-week season, that the Special Olympics will have a small uh, kind of playoff experience. for. Everybody will get to play and, you know, eventually someone will win and they can, you know, maybe get a small prize or a high five or something like that. More of a, you know, just, ex- you know, exciting experience than, you know, a large competitive experience. Uh, they chose to do 2v2 uh, Rocket League. And they will have uh, their unified sports group have one community member and one uh, mentor individual who will play on each team and then each of those teams will face off with these league uh, through these leagues, you know one game a week. I'm um, having this experience throughout the summer. Um, so the 2v2 experience I'm super excited about to have people uh, who, uh, you know, work with the Special Olympics and the Special Olympics community working together. Um, I'm really excited to see uh, how how they interact and how they can create new connections, not only with other teams, but w- within their team. Um, and I think that's that's the, the the biggest points of that. They are just getting started now. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, their first games are, are, are this week. And um, so We'll have to see how it all gets together. Uh, Just like every game on our platform, it's all focused on the actual play of the game for the players. We don't necessarily... We, we don't help them stream anything, but if, the, you know, the player wanted to stream something, you know, they totally can, but that's not necessarily connected to our platform. Um, so the best way to do is, you know, follow along with Special Olympics, uh, both New York and Oregon, um, if, especially if you're involved with those groups, um, connect with them about being involved with one of the leagues and uh, kind of just cheer cheer them on as they go through this rec league experience. I think they'll they'll have a great time.
0: Absolutely. It's an awesome initiative that I'm so happy you guys are doing and that esports can provide this sense of community to major Special Olympics groups and this organization that's so close to my heart. And they've done so much good in the world. And uh, Austin, I just appreciate you lending your time, helping out with this and coming on this podcast, teaching me a little bit more about accessibility in esports and the work you guys are doing with Special Olympics. It's a pleasure as always, man. Of course.
1: Thanks for your time, Mitch.
0: That's all for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the listen. I love talking to Austin. He's a a true expert. If you want some more eSports content, check out our uh, past backlog of episodes. Uh, Some good stuff on eSports betting recently and also eSports health and some of the misconceptions uh, that gamers have about how gaming affects their health with a certified doctor who works in eSports. So check out those podcasts if you want to learn more about what's happening in eSports these days.